When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to In For Life, the podcast. It's episode 250, and this one is called Adriana Kerrig. Oh my God, you guys, when I launched this podcast in March 2019, I never thought we'd make it to 250 episodes, but here we are, and it literally has gone by in the blink of an eye. I have talked to some of the most incredible people I've ever met in my life, and there's one more happening today. So welcome to my guest, Adriana Kerrig. She is the founder of Little Words Project, which you guys all know as the OG words bracelets. They were just featured on MTV. Lance Bass gave some friendship bracelets that were made by Little Words to none other than Taylor Swift. And you guys are going to hear all about that and how that happened. But we're also going to talk about Adriana's family building journey and her infertility story and her IVF journey, her NICU journey, and a whole bunch of other things. So it's a great episode. I'm so happy to celebrate this milestone with her. And you guys go check out Little Words Project if you haven't already. I'm obsessed with them. We actually just gave a whole bunch of them to our fertility rally speakers from our last fertility rally live event. So without further ado, this is Adriana's infertility story. Okay, Adriana, hi. It's so good to talk to you. Thanks for doing this. Hi, Allie. It's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. Uh, excited to chat. Me too. I was just showing you my little words project bling. I have squad, badass, and fearless, which are part of my summer stack, I guess fall stack now. I know. Uh, oh my gosh, it's October. But we're going to talk about little words project, of course, but I want to start with your infertility journey and your family building journey. And my first question is always, did you always want to be a mom? Yes. Yeah. Resounding. Yes. I, it was my dream more than any other dream I've ever had was to be a mom and, you know, just have all those incredible family moments. I always wanted a family for sure. Okay. So what did you know about fertility and having babies growing up? Like what was your sex education? Like I knew that if you, or my sex education, I, for lack thereof, right? <laughs> lack thereof. Well, on the one hand, what I understood was if you have sex, you get pregnant. Like mm -hmm. that's just what I understood. Um, mm -hmm. My mom is a Mexican woman. Um, she came here when she was 18 years old and she was always drilling into my head the just do not have sex. Like just mm -hmm. don't do it because you will get pregnant. And if you get pregnant, I'm, you know, she would tell me she forced me to have the baby and then she would uh, raise it, raise it herself. She oh like, me out and raise it herself. Like she like kind of instilled a little bit of fear yep. in me around that. Um, which I think definitely led to, I was always very afraid, like even through college when I was having sex, I was, and, and I, for whatever reason, I wasn't getting my period for years. I didn't get my period. I was on birth control, wasn't getting my period. And I was not 
understanding why I had no idea. And so every time I, every month in college, I would literally take a pregnancy test in the same stall in the same bathroom. Oh my God. Dating my current husband. Right. And Mm -hmm. I was so afraid that I would be pregnant because I just, you know, understood that's kind of what it was. And obviously you're practicing safe sex and all that stuff. But at the same time, you just believe that pregnancy Mm -hmm. happens like this. And I think that's because of both sex ed that I understood growing up, my mom, and lo and behold, that is not necessarily the case. And who knew (laughs) for me? Yep. Right. Um, I could have saved a lot of money on pregnancy tests. Oh my God, (laughs) seriously. Um, But yeah, I I always felt like I had very limited understanding of, you know, like I knew that there was like a point in the cycle that you could be more fertile, but I had no idea how to like track fertility. Mm -hmm. I had no idea about, you know, like the concept of basal body temperature. I had no idea about, you know, the fact that birth control, like, what it could do to your body long-term. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a lot of holes around mm-hmm. all of that. So what was going on with your period? Did you ever figure it out? Was it endometriosis or like? No, not okay. endometriosis. Um, I never um, did all the tests kind of mm-hmm. during all the infertility journey to find out with the exception of like the surgery to actually determine, but I, I don't have it. And it was, I believe it was just birth control. Like my okay. doctor at the time, I would tell her like, I am not getting my period. And she didn't really raise any flags. She was like, oh, that's normal. You know, you've been on birth control for so long. You know, the lining's really thin and da, da, da. Mm -hmm. Obviously that's not normal. Like a woman should be getting her period every month. And the fact that I was on any sort of pill that could prevent me from getting that is half the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, long story short, I, I still to this day don't know anything, any answer outside of the pill. Okay. How did you meet your husband? Were you, were you guys in college? Yeah, we met in okay. college. Um, he lived on the floor above me and we were best friends first for about a year and a half and then, you know, kind of fell for each other and have been dating pretty much ever since. And, you know, here we are, my gosh, we're celebrating six years married this year and like 18 together. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. So did you guys... At what point did you start talking about like family building and what you wanted your family to look like? Honestly, like very early on, like we would talk about if like when we were dating and we would like superfluously talk about like being parents and having kids and what we wanted our kids to look like in college, you know, but we were clear, like we didn't know if we were going to end up married or any of that. But I remember like I used to like pray at night. I would like pray that I could marry Bill. I like, please, you know, Lord, let me marry Bill Carrig and let me have, you know, my, uh, a beautiful family with children and like have no problem. Like I used to actually be afraid for whatever reason that I would have trouble getting pregnant. So that, you know, I think maybe played a little bit into my then later inability to get pregnant. I do believe in the power of the mind a lot Mm, uh and it's, impact on, you know, your fertility in your body. And yeah, I, it was like, for whatever reason, it was a big fear of mine that yeah. I just held on to. It's so funny. That seems to be a common theme. And a lot of people I talked to on the show, you know, that they were like, I had a feeling it was going to be hard for me. Just like, yeah. it was like a gut. I don't know if it's like a Is female intuition or a gut yeah. feeling or yeah, self-fulfilling totally. prophecy or all of the above, you know, all yeah. that. I think probably all of the above. Right. <laughs> So fast forwarding a bit, what happened after you guys got married and you started to try? Yeah. So we got married in 2017. 
we started to try um, in September of 2018, so about a year later. And it wasn't until April of 2021 that we ended up, I ended up delivering my, my first baby. Um, so it was a, it was about a two year trial period of just, you know, having sex and not getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, at first it was, you know, more casual. We were like, all right, you know, whatever. It's Mm -hmm. no big deal. And I'm trying to like really not allow my fears to take over. Um, but then around six months of trying, I started getting really nervous, Mm -hmm. really, really like I I was like, okay, I want to look into this. Mm -hmm. Um, through that journey, I was doing a lot of research about, you know, infertility in general and, you know, the foods that we consume and the, you know, the products that we use and just the, the endocrine disruptors that exist Mm -hmm. in everything that we touch in this country, especially, I really started to clean up my act. I cleaned up my diet. I cleaned up my, I threw out like all of my makeup and hair care product and skincare products that, you know, were not good for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, I do look back kind of, and I'm grateful for that experience. Cause I've kept that. I've kept that, um, mm-hmm. energy, I guess you could say throughout the past few years. Um, and I'm still a clean quote, clean person. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to my beauty and, and food and all that stuff. So yeah, it was a, it was a tough two years. And then it started being, you know, I was, I did all the ovulation sticks. I was all of the, like I was taking a pregnancy test every month and I would get hopeful and then heartbroken and then hopeful and then heartbroken. Totally that roller coaster. Oh my gosh. It was, it was truly one of the harder, you know, 2019, 2020 for many reasons were some of the hardest years of my life for yeah. sure. Tell me about doing that research and making all those lifestyle changes. I'd love to like unpack that a little bit more. Were you surprised at how many things can affect, you know, I hormones was, and fertility and like just everyday stuff? I was so surprised and I was more so surprised at how I had never known this. Like why right. did I not hear about this? Why wasn't this taught to me in sex ed? Like why wasn't I aware that even perfume can affect mm-hmm. the hormones of a woman's body? Like mm-hmm. I had no idea. Like I was like any smell. I mean smelling mm-hmm. a candle can affect your hormones. Like it's such a crazy reality. Like I'm now like I'm very sensitive to smell. I cut mm-hmm. out all perfumes, all anything that has any scent to it. Um I'm very sensitive if it's not clean. Like I my head hurts. Like I can I can tell now because I once you cut it out. Yeah. If I smell like a soy wax, I'm like immediately my head hurts. Um wow. so I moved everything to coconut. Um mm-hmm. I'm very, very like conscientious of that. And yeah, I was very surprised. What about food and stuff like that and other lifestyle changes? Like, was there anything else specifically that you did that, you know, you didn't think that you would have had to do? Well, I moved completely to organic for starters. I was shocked at how we were, how this country consumes pesticides and every bite that they take without realizing it. And like the quality of our dirt. I mean, there was so much that shocked me to my core. Um, I actually, you know, it, it was, it was goop. It was goops podcast, believe it or yeah. not. I learned most of this and I, I think I listened to the same episode. Yes. Yep. I came across like Zach, I think it was Zach Bush. I came across some of the most like insightful doctors and people who have gone from medic, real medical doctors to, or MDs, traditional MDs, mm-hmm. I should say over to functional medicine and the natural pathway. And like started to learn so much about like the gut 
body connection, like all of your health exists in your gut. And if you're not taking care of what you're putting in your body, you know, that's going to affect everything. It's going to affect your whole system. So, um, I moved to completely organic, which was an expensive decision, which is also unfortunate. Um, Mm -hmm. but it definitely led to a a better overall feeling in my body. And and Mm -hmm. I think it helped later fast forward to, you know, my second child actually ended up being that story of, so my first was IVF and my second was that story of, oops, you know, you got pregnant out of the clear blue sky the one time you had sex that month. And now, you know, you have to question all of why this happened to you in the first place, but I digress. Totally. Um, yes. But I do think it's the lifestyle changes that I right. made and I was in a better headspace. Yeah. Was your husband doing that as well? Like, did he come on board and make those changes he, too? He did. He did. Um, I I will say, you know, we also both work together. I'm the CEO of my jewelry company, Little Words Project, and he's the COO and president. So the two of us are very stressed. I'm a little bit more disciplined Mm -hmm. on how I eat and how I take care of my, like what I put into my body. He's Mm -hmm. more disciplined in his, how he works out and takes care of himself in that way. So we're kind of, we're, we're we're balancing the scale, but we did the best that we could to, to clean up our acts. Okay. I'd love to ask if you don't mind talking about it, just the effect of, you know, not being able to get pregnant on your relationship. You know, I've been really open about the fact that my husband and I went through some really, really, really dark times and, you know, secondary infertility. And he was kind of like, we're good. Like, why are we going through, you know, we have our daughter, not that he didn't want another kid, but at a certain point it was like, why are we doing this? I get it, but that wasn't my headspace at all. So we were just like at odds. I mean, we, at one point I was like, are we going to make it? Like, I wasn't sure, Mm, you know? So I think it's important to talk about that stuff. And if you're willing, I'd love to hear how you guys were, were you on the same page? Were there some dark moments or hard moments? Of course. No, we were, we were on the same page. I will say the first six months, I think like, I remember there were like, I was desperate to get pregnant the whole time. And, but I, and I remember there was a point after like month six that we got the negative test that he was like, I really wanted it this time. And I remember Mm -hmm. hearing that and being like, what, where the fuck have you been? I wanted (laughs) this whole six months. Like this time, this this is the first time you like thought. So I remember I got so like mad at that. And he would, and, but then once he kind of clued into like that, feeling like there were plenty of moments where like, we'd both be crying that it wasn't positive. Like we were both struggling going through it. He's an incredible partner and he really, really had my back through the whole journey. Um, and you know, we went through the IVF portion during the height of COVID. So like my husband wasn't even in the room when I can afford, you know, there, when we put the, the, that when we did the implantation, Um, right. Right. So yeah, I, it, it was a struggle, but I think more than anything, it affected our intimacy relationship after the fact, like, and that's still something that we haven't like, it's not that we haven't gotten it back. Cause like when we get the chance, like it, we do, and it's great, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's, it's not as prioritized because we spent two full years, like in, in many respects, having sex every day, every other day. And right. like, it, it becomes it, a chore. It's not fun anymore. No, you know it's not I mean? fun. Like, the sexiness all, is taken out of it. Like, fun. yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So it's hard, and yeah, you know, yeah. It it was a lot. So tell me about when you did go down the road of you know going to see a specialist. Um, how did you find like an RE or an REI? Um, and what happened? What did they tell you? And was it like IVF right away? Uh, yes. Um, so I went down. I I, I honestly I was the most 
excited about that part. Like mm-hmm. I felt better when I started working. I went to RMA in mm-hmm. New Jersey. I mm-hmm. felt better when I started working with them because I was like, I feel like I'm moving the needle, you know, no pun intended, but I felt yeah. like something was actually make like it was something was being done. And I, there was nothing I could there's nothing I hated more than just the futility of feeling like I was just going to do the same thing and expect a different result. It felt insane. So once I started working with them and we did, we, we got his sperm tested. I, I, I was a, I felt good about like cleaning up my diet. Cause again, I felt like it was something I could control. And then, you know, once I started, um, the testing and we were finding out that there was no explanation, right? Like I had, I'm completely unexplained. I was both like, frustrated by that, but also happy, I guess. Cause on the one hand, it's like, great. I don't have like a bigger underlying problem, but mm-hmm. then like, why isn't this happening then? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand. So it was kind of double, you know, there was like a double-edged sword there as far yeah. as I felt, but the experience of then choosing to go right to IVF was because we didn't have our insurance didn't require that we do any rounds of IUI. Mm. So that allowed us to go right to IVF. And because it was an unexplained diagnosis, my doctor and I both, I I was willing, I was like, fuck it. Why am I going to hold out and do this thing that may or may not work? And the likelihood is so much less than just going kind of full bore with it. So we decided to just kind of dive right into IVF and, and I don't regret it. Yeah, absolutely. So how did it go once you guys started and what did you know about IVF? Like, did you know that it wasn't a guarantee, that it isn't a guarantee? Just going back to my own experience, like I thought IVF was for like people that wanted to have multiples. Like I thought it was a choice. I am i can't explain to you how clueless I was about it, you know, 10 yeah. years ago. This episode is brought to you by Vegamore. I'm always trying to do right by my body. So when it comes to my hair and scalp health, finding a product that actually works and is made with clean ingredients always seems like a trade-off. But with Vegamore... I get products that are made with clean ingredients and give me visibly healthy hair and scalp. With Vegamore, I am able to have noticeably thicker, fuller, shinier, longer hair, all without the harsh ingredients. Every cute pink bottle of Vegamore products are 100% cruelty-free and are never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. Okay, so I got my box of Vegamore products and I've been using them all for the past month. The shampoo, the conditioner, the grow hair serum, the hair foam, the eyelash serum, the eyebrow serum. It's been about a month, like I said, and my hair really does feel stronger and thicker. Everything looks better. And the shampoo in particular, I have to say, smells really good. The key is consistency in your routine for your most beautiful, healthy looking hair. I use Vegamore Grow Hair Serum daily and my hair and scalp are feeling better than ever. Here's another cool thing. Vegamore has these great value kits like the Grow Essentials Kit, where you get to try more than one amazing product at a time at great savings. So when you sign up for a monthly subscription, you save more and you never run low on the products that you need. And fun fact, guys, Vegamore sells one bottle of the Grow Hair Serum every 15 seconds on their website. That's how good this stuff is. So here is the deal, my beautiful listeners. For a limited time, you can get 20% off your first order by going to vegamore.com slash infertileaf and using code infertileaf at checkout. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash infertileaf, code infertileaf to save 20% on your first order. V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com. 
M-O-U-R.com slash infertile AF, code infertile AF. Thanks, Vegamore. Yeah. Um, I I honestly I think I had the opposite opinion about it yeah. or thought about it, which was that it was a guarantee. Like that's how my head went. I was like, I don't even want to bother like going IUI. I'm like, I'm gonna go IVF. I'm yes. gonna, get, gonna get pregnant. Yes. And then going through the process and like doing more research on IVF, I realized, oh wow, this doesn't happen for everybody. And that that gave me even like more anxiety. So yeah. I tried to balance when I was in it, I really tried to balance how much I learned or where I found my resources, right? Like mm-hmm. I just I didn't, I never, ever, ever went onto a Facebook group, (laughs) any of the online forums, Mm -hmm. Reddit, any of that shit, because honestly, like as much as there is power in community and it comfort in like, you know, people coming together and talking about like the hive mind, (laughs) that is great. Maybe in another world, but like, I don't do it for, I honestly don't do it for anything motherhood now either, because I feel like everyone else's personal experiences and personal perceptions, just they'll weigh on you, you know, whereas if you just look at, if you, if you choose to kind of take in what you want to take in and then allow yourself to believe what you then believe as a result, I think it's a better experience, or at least it, for me, felt like another thing I could control, right? Yes. Rather than taking on someone's personal experience, totally and ending up believing it was going to be mine. Totally. Um, and I really do believe in the power of your mind and the power of, you know, if you believe it, it can be true. And I think that's something that I had to like recognize. And, and I look at that in my own life and my own business. I believe that I, created something out of nothing. I, I, because I believed in myself and in this business, I w- I've been able to create something into something very, you know, large. Mm-hmm. Um, and why wouldn't that same level of like kind of manifestation, if you will be applied to my family life and what sure. I, you know, and almost to the negative, if, if I believed so whole, wholeheartedly, I could be something great in business. And I did, then why wouldn't, my belief that I wasn't going to get pregnant also result in me not getting pregnant. If that yeah, makes like I totally, kinda, I had to like, yeah. Where was brain. little words project um, at, at this point in your journey, like had it had already started. Right. And oh, you, yeah. like, it was like off the ground, but like not obviously not where it is today. Yes. I started little words project in 2013 out yeah. of my parents' basement. So I love it, that early stages. I was just dating my, my now husband yeah. at the time. Um, and you know, it, it wasn't until 2018. So about five years in that we started trying to get pregnant. Um, and it was, you know, it was definitely on the up and it was like, uh, I was, we were already doing, you know, millions in revenue, but it wasn't nearly what it is today. And I honestly, I sometimes credit <laughs> to the negative little words project with the bout of infertility, because I was, you know, not taking care of myself. I mm-hmm. was handle at both ends. I wasn't practicing good sleep hygiene. I wasn't eating yeah. well. I was a total, like I was working for the business. You know what I mean? Not at all for myself. So once I made that mental shift and that lifestyle shift mm-hmm. and kind of went the route of IVF, it, it just, it taught me so much. Uh, about, you know, letting go of control, mm-hmm. recognizing that you cannot do everything and everything will not come to you the second you want it. Mm-hmm. And it, it really like, I think I've been, my, 
the children journey has taught me more lessons than I could ever, ever have learned right. um, anywhere else. So okay. yeah, that answers your question. Yeah, totally. So I want to go back to the IVF journey yeah. part of it. How many rounds did you do or was it one with Ford? And tell me about like that getting leading up to having him and becoming pregnant. Guy. Yeah. So I was very blessed to have to only do one transfer, but I did do two uh, retrievals. So uh-huh. my first round I had, I believe it was Menopure, Menopure, Menopure. I always mess that up. Yeah. Was, oh no, it was the Gonalef, Gonalef okay. pen. The pen. The pen. The clicky. Yeah. <laughs> We messed oh, up. I just got like a, like a literal, like PTSD. I know like, it is PTSD. I messed up that pen that first round. It was, it cost me, it was like a $15,000 fuck up because oh my God, what happened? Time, we weren't pushing it all the way down to the point where it goes to zero. We weren't doing that. We were just pushing it to the top and not all the way in. Anyway, if you've, if you've used that pen, you might know what I'm mm-hmm, talking about. Mm-hmm. But it resulted in we did not get, I, I think I, we got 10 uh, embryo, we got 10 eggs out of that situation. And then only two result at the end, which was good. They were two viable embryos, but they were two boys, which again, beautiful thing, wonderful thing. I now have two boys. Um, but at the time I was like, if I'm doing this and I'm going to do this whole story and I might not be able to get pregnant later and I don't know what's going to happen, whatever. I want to have the opportunity to have maybe a girl at some point. So we decided to go for a second retrieval round so that we could eventually have that girl. Yeah, I um, totally get it. And and that's kind of how it went. And uh, we had to pay out of pocket for that second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wanted to do the second round then. I didn't want to do a transfer than a retrieval, transfer than a retrieval if I could avoid that. So yeah. You know, again, it's it's that feeling of like you can't control any of this. So you sometimes the like the type A woman who's going through this wants to control something. So I'm like, well, if I have to go through this, I at least want to be able right. to know that I can have the family that like I would have been able to naturally try for mm-hmm. if I could. So yeah, that makes so short, much sense. Yeah. Second time around, we did it right and we ended up getting 23 eggs and now have like something like, I think we have 10 embryos or something ridiculous left over that I'm like, I don't know if I can have another kid. Mm -hmm. Um, Now that I've had two, it's like, oh boy, it's it's right. Um, Exactly. But tell me about the, the transfer. And, you know, you said it was mid COVID with your first. Yeah. So that was, you know, adding another layer of anxiety and just, you know, complications. Uh Uh-huh. I, you know, did the whole thing, you know, masked up. I went in there. I, my husband wasn't able to join. He was in the car on FaceTime for the transfer itself. I had, you know, I did the, like put in the healthiest one. I, whatever you think looks the best and it took, and it was the best moment of my entire life to this day. I've never been happier. And, you know, I think one of the lessons that I learned through all this is that, you know, you really cannot connect the dots looking forward. Like it's very hard for you to understand why things are happening when they're happening. Mm -hmm. But if you just kind of have the trust that at some point it will make sense, you know, it makes it, it makes everything that you're in feel a little bit more tolerable, right? Mm-hmm. So as painful as it was to not understand why I wasn't getting pregnant, once I met my son, Ford, and I and now that I see him growing up, mm-hmm. it it means to me like it's just the most incredible thing. Like I understand why I had to go through all that because he was supposed to be my baby. Oh my God, you're gonna make me cry. You know, I love that. Cry. 
it's like, it's so, I get it. I wholeheartedly understand what you're saying. And I love that you say you're not able able to connect the dots looking forward. That's a really cool way to to phrase that. Yeah. Well, I can't, I can't take credit for that quote. It's actually my favorite quote by Steve Jobs. Um, Oh, okay. And I, I, I reference it all the time. My team makes so much fun of me because it's like, Adriana, get a new trick, but it is true. Like, reality of like, you cannot connect them looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you just have to so keep true. going and trust that they'll connect in the future. Right. And oh my God. It's true for every piece of my life. And it's the thing that gets me through difficulty because I know that like, yes, I'm going through this now. And like, even I started my business because I was very badly bullied growing up. And right if I had allowed the bullying to overcome me and I wasn't, and I didn't, you know, choose later on in life to make something positive of it, then it would have been for nothing. But the point being like, I can now look back and understand why I had to go through that so that I could build something major and make it absolutely impacts others. So like, yes, it's been true for every piece of my life that I've, I, it really helps me through dark, dark times. Yeah. Can we talk about the second baby? Yeah. Second kiddo. Tell me about that part of the journey. So you my, had your beautiful Ford. I love that name, by the way. Thank um, you. Um and my, then what? And then I and then Jet, my my little my other vehicle, um uh-huh. comes into the picture. Um he so this it was around this time last year um that I found out I was pregnant. It was when I tell you, like we had sex one time that month one literal time because you know one one you're over having sex after trying to conceive totally you now have a toddler three i or he was one he was 18 months at the time i was still breastfeeding like he was still in my bed like still is in my bed i have we have a king-size bed with two babies in it now and it's crazy and i need to get them out my eight-year-old still comes in in the middle of the night most nights i get it (laughs) i I I actually love it (laughs) I, I know. I hope for that. I just, I need to get, I, I'm looking forward to like the, the initial lay down phase of like at least just one night with my husband. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but the point being like, there was no time for intimacy um, mm-hmm. for a long time. And so we really would try to squeeze it in like mm-hmm. once a month if we could. And it was the one time that month that I get pregnant. And I, I knew because I was, we were setting up our Georgetown store actually. And I felt winded. I felt the same feeling I felt when I was at post-transfer and I thought something was weird. And it's like that feeling of like, My you God. know, the feeling of I'm, I'm pregnant. Right. And I was like, the only other time I felt this was when I was pregnant, but it doesn't make sense. And so I finally got to take the pregnancy test and I finally saw a positive positive. and what's crazy. And, you know, I'll be honest here is I I didn't want to be pregnant. Like it's so bad to say, but like I wasn't okay. ready. I mean, yeah. I had, no, thank you for being honest. Yeah. Course, like I, it was five years. I, I was like, okay, we're going to wait five years. Like I'm five years between me and my brother. And we have so much happening and there was so much going on with the business and Ford is a lot. And the way I've chosen to raise him is hard and that he's in my bed and on the boobs still. Like I was still mm-hmm. breastfeeding at 18 months. Yeah. And we're, we're traveling city to city to open these retail stores and, right. you know, running this business and it's fucking hard. And so yeah. I, and it's the fourth quarter and I'm like, it's our oh my super God. basically for right. a, a consumer good brand. And yep. I'm realizing, oh my goodness, I'm going to 
be pregnant in this hard phase. And I get very sick. I, I was bedridden for the first, literally the first semester, first semester, first trimester, bedridden. Okay. Like could not get out of bed. Had to be, yeah. I was, I had to get an IV of fluids at one point. Oh God. Yes. I was sick. And I just remember feeling like, you know, God, <laughs> why are you playing me like this? Like I, <laughs> right. first of all, didn't let me get pregnant when I wanted it so badly. And then right. me pregnant when I was like, I wanted to go put in a girl. Like it sounds so awful. And I love no, my babies. Of course. I but love that's, my boys. Yeah. But you're just like, you really learn, like you are not going to, it, it, you cannot paint this picture as much as you feel like you want to, as much as a, a control freak you might be. It's not yours to control. And again, I've learned so many lessons through that, but mm-hmm. point being, you know, there's a lot of anger that comes along with the feeling of like, well, why didn't this happen in the first place? Like, totally. why did I have to pay for my first son to then only end up this happening? Like the one time, you know, it, it just, it blows your mind, but yeah, I, I, I'm always hesitant to say that, especially to an audience of people who are looking to conceive pop, you know, and are going through it. But, you know, I think uh, if we learn anything as, as women going through infertility, it's that this, these emotions that you feel like you can't control them. Absolutely. And, you know, I also felt like it was the first acknowledgement that I had that like, maybe I did in a way, quote, do this to myself in mm. anxiety that I had and the stress that I was under and the mental, you know, just believing that it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And my husband actually did say something that like really pissed me off in the time too, where he was like, well, now we know like how powerful your brain is. And I was like, okay, so are you saying that like I did like, and I'm yes. feeling that and he totally kind of said it. Yeah. And he of, of course took it right back. He's like, no, no, no. I didn't mean it like that. Like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, it's fine. But like, yeah, it's interesting. Already feeling guilt. Right. But again, no, I, I think. And that's I, what- I'm so glad that you're talking about all this because it's like, we're humans, right? I mean, and you can feel that way one day and feel differently the next day, but somebody is listening to this right now who is like, thank God that Adriana just said that because I felt that way and I felt like an asshole or I felt alone or whatever. So I'm really glad, you know, just yeah, normalizing well, all these conver- conversations and feelings is like, you course. know, you can't control how you feel. Then on the flip side, like I remember being in those stories of like, oh, you know, everybody wants to offer that story up too to you. Like, oh, I had a friend who did IVF and then they got pregnant naturally when they weren't expecting it. Da, da, da. And it's so, it's the most annoying story ever. So that's why like, I also hesitate to share it. Cause it's like, you don't really right. like, like, oh, that's so great for them. Like, congratulations to them. You know, like I'm still currently trying to get pregnant, but I will say that like, you know, it, it is one of those, like back to the, like, you don't know why it's happening until it yeah. happens. Like I still to this day, like if I had to do it all over again, knowing that I would get these two boys specifically, I would in a heartbeat. Yes. And yes. I would go through every emotion as real as they are when they're happening. And, you know, I, I wouldn't feel guilt about any of it because ultimately you end up with these kids. And then fast forward, this is, I know this isn't like uh, you know, Nikki Warriors podcast, but I gave birth two months early to Jet. So I ended up in the NICU for nine weeks, every single day with that little boy. And I'm just, it's another question of like, what is happening with my body? Like, why can't I get the normal experience? Like I, Mm -hmm. and I have an emergency C-section with my Mm -hmm. first. So I'm like, 
Right. I just want my baby put on my chest. (laughs) Right. Like the golden hour of breastfeeding or whatever. Like I did not get any of that. And totally. I just, I've stopped asking why I've stopped trying to figure it out. I'm just allowing it to, I'm just, I'm, I'm practicing that muscle or exercising that muscle of like letting go, letting God or whatever you believe in Mm -hmm. just dictate how it goes. Yeah. How did you get through that Nick NICU life? I mean, that is there there are a lot of people who listen to this who've had a NICU experience. Yeah. What was your what did you lean on the most, I guess, to to kind of get through that? Honestly, I leaned on the the belief and the knowledge that everything will make sense. And mm-hmm. so to your point, like I I Steve jobs. Time, I keep, I keep Steve jobs, my guy, but every time as I sit here in a black, <laughs> I know I'm like, I, was, I think this is the first Steve no, jobs no, reference we've had on the show. I love it. Leave it, leave it to the entrepreneur. Um, but no, right. I, I, I really, you know, for me, it was, I, I believe in the power of words. Yes. You know, it's yeah. A reference to my yeah. I, yeah. I believe in, you know, I, I wore believe and hope through yeah. the entire journey. I, I know that every time I'm in some moment, I'm, I'm exercising the muscle and I know that it's just making me stronger for the next life, you know, train that. That hits me a million miles an hour. Like it's going to happen. It's inevitable it happened in my entire life. I feel like, I feel like I, my entire life, I have been joining clubs that I never wanted to be a part of. Like I never wanted to be a part of the infertility club. Oh, I never wanted to be part of the bullying club. Never wanted yeah. to be part of club, never wanted to be part of the C-section club, frankly, never wanted to be part of the NICU club. And like, for some reason, I keep, I keep getting tossed these, these fast pitches. And Mm -hmm. luckily um, I've got a great support system, an incredible partner and husband. Yeah. He helps me see like, yes, but with every difficult journey, you also receive the biggest gifts. And like, I had to go through IVF to get Ford, who is just the most dynamic little boy. I, I, I'm obsessed with him, you know, Yes, I feel the same for my baby jet. Right. I can't wait to see who he grows up into. Right. How old is jet now? He's six months. Oh my God. Um, Corrected age is four months. And you want to hear some crazy, crazy. Yeah. My first was born on April 12th. Okay. My second born two months early on April 12th. What? Born wow. On the date of Ford's birthday. And that's like, oh my another, God. Like, the universe. Like, oh, the universe. Every time I just like allow myself to just like, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I am provided with this little yes. bit of solace. Right. So, like, right. 4, 12, like, uh, you know, I, first of all, the birth story is a totally another thing. We'll do another episode on that one. But yes, I, I went into complete precipitous labor in my bathroom. I almost delivered him on my staircase. I uh, went through transition in uh, strapped to a gurney in, a, in an ambulance. Yeah. Wow. And, and gave birth two minutes after arriving to the hospital, literally 558 or 553 gave birth at 555. Oh my God. A- wow. What a story. Um, Everything has been a story. <laughs> well, let's talk li- uh, more about little words. As you know, you know this. It's such a pillar in this community too. Like so many people have these bracelets and pass them around. And I work with SMP. I know you guys do too. Yep. They give out your hope bracelets to all of yep. their 
people, which I think is so cool. SMP, I love them. Hi guys, if you're listening. <laughs> anyway, they're awesome. And you know, th- tell me about just your role in the infertility and family building community too. Like, how, do you get that feedback? I'm sure people all the time are letting oh, you guys yeah. know. Like, you know, I, I went into my transfer wearing a hope bracelet yep. or. Yep. And I will tell you, those are the stories that matter the most to me. I um, have, so we, so the, the concept of Little Words Project, for those of you who don't know, is each one has a little code on the back of the tag. And that code is unique to that bracelet. And what you'll do is you'll register or connect rather that code to our website where you put in your story, why you chose the word, what you're going through, maybe how it's helped you already. And then when the opportunity arises to pass it on to someone who needs it more, so in the infertility world, someone else who is going through it, maybe you've had your baby and it got you through and now you want to pass on that positive power, you pass that on and then she connects it and so on and so forth. So you can actually see how your bracelet, uh, you know, uh, supports people through their journeys. Those stories are all visible on our website. So you can go in and see everybody who has connected a bracelet recently, what they're going through. And that's the kind of online community that we, I, 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 uh, love it's the positive uplifting looking towards what, you know, what, what, the, the positivity that can happen when you believe in the power of, you know, this little word. So anyway, long story short, those, when I read those stories, they absolutely, they're, they bring a tear to my eye every single time. And we'll see women who wore their hope bracelet from their transfer all the way through to delivery. And they've got their baby in their arms and they're sending that picture of the bracelet holding the baby. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's an honor is what it is. There's, it's nothing short of an honor and a privilege. Mm-hmm to have been even a small part of these women's journeys, knowing how difficult it is. Um, and that same thing goes for every, every club I'm a part of, right? Like right. NICU moms were using these bracelets when I would, I would walk through the NICU getting to my baby's room and I could see women in there, like doing their pump parts and, and saving their milk and they've got stacks on their wrist. And that's before I even, you know, was they, before they knew I was there. Um, yeah. The nurses, the doctors, I mean, everybody, just the the community of people who go through difficulty really, really relish these bracelets. And I am absolutely honored by that. Absolutely. It's so cool. So tell me, I know you guys have some really exciting things going on with Little Words. What's coming up next? Yeah. So we've got a couple of things in the works. We actually just launched our refined kind of demi-fine jewelry collection, which is a little bit more of a high-end experience for the customer. I'm actually wearing a few of the pieces now, but aren't they cute? The idea is to layer. Everyone has always been asking me like, how do you get that look? Like, how do you get that layered look both, you know, with your bracelet stack, you know, whether it be Mm -hmm. your rings, your earrings, your necklaces, like we have created a, a small capsule collection that can get you that look. It's an affordable price point and it's all Demi Fine's uh, gold vermeil jewelry. Um, yeah, that's little layers, right? That's little layers. So yeah. I was just at the Short Hills Mall. Shout yes. out to Jersey. And you guys have it in Indigo. In Indigo. We, yeah. We do. I so, saw everybody setting it all up and I was like, yes. I'm going to talk to her tomorrow. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. So if you are in the Jersey area and you want to check out little layers, you can definitely check out the Short Hills Mall at Indigo. We also have a couple of retailers in Jersey that are carrying it early but, you know, I think there's that. And then on top of that, we've got retail stores everywhere. Um, we've got stores in the city, in New York, um, in Miami, in Boston, Tampa. We're opening in Austin, Texas coming up. 
and uh, a couple of other locations that I'm so excited about. So yeah. uh, we'll come there. And, and we just, have to mention the Taylor Swift thing with talk about that real quick. If people yeah. don't know. I know we're having a major moment right now. Um, little it's words. So awesome. Yeah. So if you're familiar with Taylor, you know that she's <laughs> kind of got the the lyric, make the friendship Whatever. bracelets and in her most recent album and everybody is obsessed with it. And all of her, her, like the Swifties make these friendship bracelets now, which for a minute was kind of like, oh no, like, is this going to totally take over our business? Because mm-hmm. Obviously, I've been around for 10 years. We we are the original word bracelet that came back to yeah. market. The OG. Um, the OG. And when Taylor came along, we got a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, of all the types of people or of all the, the celebrities to be associated with, I mean, she is incredible. And she really stands for what we stand for, which is kindness and mm-hmm. love and, you know, self, self-belief self and all that stuff. So long story short, when, uh, so Lance Bass, we've had, we have a relationship with him and his team, which is insane to even say love it. He reached out to us before the before her concert. He wanted to bring our bracelets to her concert to hand out because he views us as like the premier friendship bracelet. Yeah. So we hooked him up with bracelets for that. And then before the VMAs, he reached out and said, I want to give her a stack of friendship bracelets on stage and I want them to be Little Words Project. Yes. So he created a stack for her, like let us know exactly what he wanted. We created a whole stack. We gave her um, In My Era, Fearless, and um, Lover. And he handed these bracelets to her and one that said NSYNC and one that said For the Girl Who Has Everything, which is her favorite (laughs) song by NSYNC. Yes. Um, Which is so cool. So we... What you could see it on stage if you follow Little Words Project. We have a, yeah. we have a video of it um, where he they hand it to her, and it's the coolest moment ever. Um, yeah. In that moment, like if Taylor kind of took it from us a little bit, Lance gave it back right then and there. So it was a very cool moment, and have you know really has opened a lot of doors for us since then. So cool. Um, I watched your video like multiple times, and you guys were like jumping up and down, and I was like, "That's so awesome!" What just knowing because as a you know entrepreneur myself and a business owner, it's that's yeah. such a huge moment, and you've been yeah. working at this so hard and so long. So that yeah. was really cool, and it was organic. Like that's yeah. The- like as entrepreneurs, if you're anyone's an entrepreneur out there, like yeah. you know that like you can you could get any kind of press if you're willing to pay for it. But we sure, but lean and we have never like we don't yeah. invest in that kind of stuff. We really try to put money into the business back so that we can kind of keep building and, and get it. on the risk of as many people as possible. Um, but this was a totally organic moment that got millions of impressions and it's really helped put us even more so on the map than we yes. were, um, which is good. Great. I love it. Well, before we wrap, I would love for you to just talk to anybody who's listening right now who might be like in the thick of it, having a really hard time, you know, having been through all this yourself, what would you say to somebody who's just like really down and out right now? Oh, I'd say, girl, I feel you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know how much this sucks. The roller coaster up roller coaster of it all is just not fun. But you know, if you can trust, if you can trust in anything, let it be in the knowledge that you will be a mom. Like I will be a mom. I actually made a bracelet for myself during the journey that said, I will be a mom. Oh. And I know that it's like if you're struggling to conceive right now and you really I, I know the feeling of wanting it to be your DNA, your husband's DNA, your partner's you know, like you want it to be between the two of you. If, if you're in that 
kind of relationship, but there are other ways too. And I know that's like, oh, you don't want to hear that. But however, what you do want to hear is like, if you want to be a mother, you will be a mother. And there are many ways that that could happen. And all of them are beautiful. And all of them will result in in the feeling that you're looking for, which is just that unconditional love. And that's something that, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, you know, I believe to be true. I was very, I was lucky, but there are also, you know, you will be too, is kind of how I, I view it. And it's just having that trust, having that belief, knowing that even if it's not the perfect outcome that you believe in your head, it will make sense one day when you get to meet that baby, that child, whatever you end up doing and, and end up with that happy ending. And if that quote, happy ending that again, you believe to be the ending that you want, isn't what you get at some point, you will make sense of it and that will bring you solace and comfort. So yeah, just trust that the dots will connect. All right, 250, we did it. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to all of my loyal listeners. You guys send the nicest DMs and messages. I'm so glad this is still really helping people. I'm so glad we're still sharing so many diverse stories. So thanks to everybody who's listened to one or all 250 episodes. I also want to thank Adriana Kerrig again for being my special guest today. Please check out Fertility Rally, guys. If you're looking for a safe space, if you're looking for somewhere to land, people to connect with, if you're going through this journey, no matter what you're going through, we have somebody that you can connect with for sure. We have almost 500 members across the country and in Canada and in other places of the world. We have four to five support groups per week. And we are open. So go check us out at fertilityrally.com. You can also always DM me at Fertility Rally or my personal DM, which is Infertility of Stories. So let us know if you have any questions or if you need anything. And if you're going through something right now, sending you the biggest hug because I know how fucking hard it is. So thanks again. 250. All right, let's go to 250 more. Thanks, guys. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.